everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April. And as always, looking for my good friend, Seth Robinson. Seth. It's the last edition of Volley for the year, not ever. Oh, geez. I forgot about that. This is it, right? This, this is it. Is- oh, wow. Right, we'll, take our, we'll take our customary one week break uh, <laughs> coming up. And then we'll be back at it. But yeah, this is it. End of another year. Wow. And what a year it's been, right? What a great year it's been. Oh, so fantastic. At least the volleys have been good. The volleys have been good. Yes, I I agree. And uh, that we've soldiered on in the face of the year itself is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's it's nice that uh, we didn't really have to disrupt this very much. You know, just microphones and laptops and pandemic can't stop us. Nope. Nothing's gonna stop us. We, um, I think, managed very well. Uh, it's you know the year has been crazy. I, I don't even it, like I I've lost words for characterizing the year because it's just been so nuts in so many ways. But I'm gonna say one thing uh, honestly is that I'm actually grateful that I'm employed. And so I've been able to maintain some stability in my life. And I think you could probably say the same thing. And, you know, I really, my heart really reaches out to other people who have gone through much worse. Yeah. Yeah. I I can say the same thing. And it's a, it's a bit of a difficult thing to say because you know that it's a really privileged position. Um, Uh But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to at least personally not focus, you know, too much on, the, the wackiness that's happened, but instead on, on the, the things that, that I've been able to learn or preserve or, or grow from or, or maintain. Yeah. I, I I'm in the, I'm the same boat. So I, I try as best I can not to be a whiner, you know, and um, because I do realize that I'm in a fortunate position and as, as you are as well, because there are so many people that are not even close to that and have suffered far worse yeah okay that's depressing yeah but uh i mean that's kind of the lead into the everything else that we're going to talk about today uh yeah. you know usually we we end up the year looking back at the year and looking at some of the the biggest tech stories i, I think it's going to be a little different this time around just like this year has been different i i think we'll we'll try to look at some of the big stories. I think we're going to ignore the two obvious biggest stories. So the the pandemic and the election, obviously those were the two things that dominated, but I think we will talk about some of the ripple effects from those yep. things. We'll talk about some of the stories that maybe flew under the radar. And I think we'll talk about some of the things that didn't happen, like some of the things that we noticed, you know, might've happened in a normal year. Maybe they got put on hold. Um, it'll be kind of a mix of all of that stuff. Yeah, I think it's uh, what's my uh, one of my favorite words, hodgepodge. Yeah, hodgepodge. Yeah, you That's ever say that? Episode. It's a great word, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's not hyphenated either. It's just it's it's one word, and I and I like it, and I think it kind of encapsulates a lot of things. But yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. That coulda, woulda, shoulda would be a good way to put it, um, would have uh, happened in 2020 had we not been doing the aforementioned things that we're not going to mention. And I think in the tech industry, there's been like quite a few things that either, 
you know, didn't happen or actually did happen. And, and one that I want to point out is that I think that companies really moved toward digitalization a lot more. Finally, uh, companies that may have been lagging decided, oh my gosh, we have to move things to the cloud. We have to get much more collaborative on a remote basis and figure out how to make that work. That's one thing that I did see that companies had to pivot and make some like serious changes to the way that they worked. And I'm not just talking about the technology industry, because obviously the tech industry is ahead in that regard, but other industries, you know, so from manufacturing to healthcare to retail, whatever it had to be, they had to make some like serious changes in how they worked. And a lot of that manifested as digitalizing their businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I think from a tech industry perspective, that's been the biggest story of the year. And there's probably a few different facets to that story, you know, and, and like you said, this probably wouldn't have happened, you know, as quickly without the pandemic. So this is more of a ripple effect, but yeah, there, there has been a ton of talk about how much acceleration there has been plenty of CEOs of, of major technology companies saying that they've seen, you know, years or decades of progress in, you know, months or over the course of this year. So, yeah, I think that all of the digital transformation that we've been talking about, you know, for a couple of years really got compressed this year. And that, that's one interesting part of this is that all of the trends that happened didn't really leverage anything new. You know, it, it was things that we've had building for a while it all just happened, you know, really fast. And I think that that goes kind of beyond the workspace into society, right? So you think about how people have changed their shopping habits to go more online, which obviously we had e-commerce before. Now we just have more of it. Change their entertainment habits to really focus on the streaming services. And and then just this week, you know, just yesterday, Disney announced just this huge slate of content coming, most of which is on their their streaming service. You know, it wasn't movies like you would have seen maybe five years ago where they make a big announcement about here's all the movies coming. Now it's, you know, all, here's all the Disney Plus stuff that's coming. And I know you were keenly paying attention to that with all the Star Wars <laughs> and Marvel stuff. That's, you know, right up your oh, alley, yeah. right? That's right up my alley, yeah. <laughs> but... But I think that those things, you know, again, that that acceleration happened. And we talked on the last episode about where we might see a little bit of retreating from some of the patterns that have had to be set this year. But I think some of those patterns are, are going to be set moving forward. I think that, you know, streaming services are going to be a lot more important. I think that the way that technology companies are, are becoming platforms, so like a company like Stripe that is acting as a platform for a lot of other companies to build a business on, you know, I think that that accelerated this year and, and we're going to see more of that. And so as much as we've had, you know, internet for the past 20, 30 years and people have been building businesses using the internet, I think we're still at a stage where we're, we're really seeing how far that can take us and how far we're willing to go both at work and at home. I would agree. I think um, this year has been, of course, it's unique. Uh, but I also think that it's been uh, reflective. Like it's it, it, it's given companies, organizations a chance to take stock in what is important or what they want to place their resources on. 
and think about. And I think that's been really almost cathartic in a way. One of the other areas that I think that has been sort of on the pause button this year, but that will not be going forward would be emerging technology. We talk about that a lot, obviously, at CompTIA. And, and, you know, I don't have any data on this, but I wonder, you know, how many companies that were thinking about plunging into a new area like this, you know, getting into AI, getting into drones, getting into blockchain, getting into whatever it happens to be, didn't do that. And then maybe next year, we're going to see some just like massive influx of companies that decide to do so. I think that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Yeah, we definitely know that companies put a pause on a lot of their discretionary spending. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and it had to be tactical. And when it was tactical, it was a lot of things that, like I said, we we knew before. You know, it was laptop distribution. It was moving to the cloud. It was things like that that, that were more established, uh, I would say. And so I think there was a pause on emerging areas. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of hopeful that that pause has given us a chance to reframe the conversation because we've talked about it quite a few times on, on the podcast here. What we really looked at this year on the research team and within our emerging tech community is the way that emerging technology plays into enterprise technology decisions and the fact that it's not product-based. And, and we hear this from our councils a lot, that if they're talking about blockchain, if they're talking about artificial intelligence, they're saying these things are not a product. Right. Uh, and, and so we're not talking about buying and selling AI or blockchain. We're talking about making decisions and building solutions and building a strategy that incorporates these things. And so if you're going to do that, again, it's not so much, are you buying or selling the product, but it's, you know, what are you building around that? So if you're talking about AI, what kind of data science do you have to have? What kind of data sets do you have to have in order for that to work correctly in order for you to do the training around AI? Cause you can't just pick it up and plug it in. So I think those are the discussions that are starting to happen here. And hopefully with, with this pause, we can reset a little bit, you know, in the industry and not treat these things as traditional products moving around, but, but more as embedded pieces and, and, and we'll focus a little bit more on building the overall solution and what that looks like. Yeah. I mean, just to go to sort of the macro point that you're making here, I do believe that we are now afforded an opportunity to do some some big thinking, if you will, about, you know, how we approach certain business decisions, um, how we approach whether we're going to get into emerging technology and what that means to us, uh, because it, it simply does not fit under one umbrella. But then on a tactical level, I wanted to sort of divert into a different discussion is how we work. Do we travel much anymore? Um, what has 2020 done to the way in which people interact and business is conducted? I think that is a major consideration. You know, I haven't been on a plane since January, I think. And that is very unusual for me. But what is going to be the sort of the result of this very odd time in our history in terms of how people in business deal with one another, collaborate with one another, travel? Uh, All of that, I think, is kind of on the table at this point. 
I think that it's definitely on the table. And we focused a lot on that last time that I, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen here. I think on paper, a lot of companies might've looked at it and said, okay, you know, we don't have to maintain a large office building. We don't have to do, you know, these cross country sales calls. We don't have to do these things. You know, we can still get the work done. Yeah. Um, I personally kind of question what was the original motivation for those things? You know, was it ever really financial or were there other motivations? Because if it wasn't financial, if, if their other motivations were there, psychologically, people want to see each other. They want to get out. They want to do these things. So it might've never been about dollars and cents. And if it wasn't, then people are going to want to do that, you know, moving forward. And to whatever extent it might've been financial, that's probably going to get cut back a little bit. And I think everyone's going to make some personal decisions. I, you know, you and I both, you know, might change a little bit of the pattern that we have going forward in our work styles. And the question kind of is, how does that happen at scale? Like, you know, everyone making their personal decisions, what is the end mix in, in the workforce and business travel and, and all of that? I, I don't know that anyone knows that. And I think that's, that's pretty hard to say. And a lot of the analysis I've read is more based on the finances, um, which, like I said, I'm, I'm not sure that that's really the driving factor. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to bring up is the focus on e-commerce. And I know this is a big segue, but uh, the focus on e-commerce and customer experience. And those are two things that, especially customer experience, that we've done a lot of research on and how important it is. And now while we're all doing everything online, as we alluded to earlier, companies, I think in this year, if they haven't already next year, going to spend a lot of time on figuring out how to provide an optimal customer experience and an e-commerce type of solution for their potential clients. And, and that's going to be critical. I think the way that we buy things I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I was not really an online buyer much. I wasn't. I'm, I'm an outlier. I'm old, I guess. Um, and I didn't do a lot of um, business online. And, and that probably makes me sad because everyone else I know does. But um, I think it's going to be incumbent on companies in the in the year ahead. And I think they've already kind of wised up to it to be able to provide that experience sad as it is but i think the face-to-face stuff is 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 gonna go away in large part as sad as that like i said as sad as that is yeah i think the common thread running through most of the things that we've talked about so far has been it's really clear that the influence of technology has grown this year whether you know talking about business whether we're talking about yep. the impact on the way you work or travel whether we're talking about the way you shop or what you do at home i think the influence of technology has grown and i think that's led into one of the other major stories that we saw this year which was the focus on technology from government officials uh, and again one of the things that we talked about a couple times on the podcast was regulation coming for the technology industry. And we've, we've talked about how difficult that might be because the technology industry and a lot of these, these companies are providing free services, um, but they're, they're trading on something different than, than companies used to trade on in the past. Uh, And so you can't always apply the same regulations, but even 
up until this week, I think there, there was clearly a lot of attention, even if the, the lawmakers didn't know exactly what to do. And then this week, you know, interestingly enough, we saw this lawsuit get filed against Facebook from several states, you know, and the FTC alleging that Facebook's form of consumer harm in this digital economy was not price gouging or typical pricing practices that you would see from a monopoly, but it was the lack of protection that they were giving to consumer privacy. So they are causing consumer harm by not protecting privacy. And that's the basis of the lawsuit. Um, and I think that's super interesting. Um, you know, that, that gets at the heart of what regulation in the U.S. has always been about, which is consumer harm. And it's yet to be seen if that take on it is going to stand up in court. But one way or another, I think the attention from government, the, the desire to place some guardrails you know, around this industry as it becomes very outsized in influence is, is something that we saw quite a bit this year and we're definitely going to see moving forward. I would agree. I mean, that was very detailed, but I, I would agree that one of the things clearly uh, that we saw in our industry outlook research this year was that regulation of the tech industry is going to be a big concern. And it's not just the Facebooks of the world. It is going to have a downstream effect on everybody. And there's an accountability factor and everyone's sort of got to have their, like, you know, their antenna up um, to understand what some of these regulations might mean to them. Um, so this example that you just gave is, is you know, just a perfect one that, um, shows that, you know, things are not just going to touch the big guys and big women. I should be gender equal here, um, but that, that, that it is going to affect the tech industry as a whole. And I think we've spoken about the fact that the tech industry cannot behave anymore like they are so newbie and wild west. And they are actually now on a par with you know, manufacturing, the car industry, retail, whatever it happens to be, healthcare, they're, they're, you're just another vertical, yet you wield an amazing amount of power. And, and, and that's one of the things that uh, I think government and the industry itself has to figure out how to rein in and make sure that it is doing the right thing. Yeah. And the other thing that makes technology, I think, different from most of the other verticals is the the ability that it has to be global. So we saw this with like the, the TikTok sure. saga, which was something that, you know, maybe got a little bit buried in all the COVID and election news. But, you know, this focus on TikTok as an app coming from China with an mm -hmm. algorithm in it. You know, and this question of, well, well, what kind of, you know, philosophies, you know, might be getting promoted through that algorithm, you know, and is that something that we want here? And how do we handle that? And, and how, how is China or another country handling the things that we're producing here? And what should that look like? And, and I think a lot of people, the problem they had with, with the TikTok situation was focusing on a single app and, and trying to decide, okay, how do we want to handle this app rather than building a framework of here's how we're going to handle things that are not getting developed, you know, in this country. And, uh, and it, it becomes part of, you know, global negotiations. Uh, but I think that's something that makes technology different than a lot of those other things that you mentioned, where it, it's a little more easier to contain within a certain geography. 
Yeah, no, I would agree that the global nature of technology does make it unique. I 100% agree with that. Um, but I do believe, and what we've seen in our data is that adulting is in order for a lot of technology companies. We're no longer in a, a segmented zone of you're a different industry versus everybody else. And I, I do believe that. The TikTok thing is very fun. It's an interesting story and it does exemplify you know, what the tech industry is all about in some ways. But I think we've reached a point where the IT industry as a whole uh, has mature to the point where they have to grow up if that makes yeah. any sense to you yeah yeah we're we're um we're not adolescents anymore <laughs> no to, we're not 15 um to, like you said we have to adult a little bit and adult pay the bills and all the boring stuff all the stuff that you hate right <laughs> yeah I, so i think when I looked back on, on the year, the, the last thing that sort of jumped out to me, if I tried to look at the year without the other things getting in the way, I felt like from a from a, maybe a product or an announcement standpoint, there just wasn't that much, you know, th this year. I mean, I think there were there were plenty of product announcements, you know, from a lot of the big companies that we're all familiar with that, that do all of their events. But nothing that really seemed to, to shake things up. And I think that's a trend that's been growing for a little while as we kind of moved past the products that were really taking a step function, you know, in, in terms of new capabilities or new features or, or driving new behaviors. And maybe this is tied a little bit into the emerging technology discussion we had, but you look back at everything that was announced this year and it's kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, more of the same. Um, that, that's good. And then, and then the question becomes, you know, how do you, how do you build on that? How do you use these as pieces? But I, I, I think we're in this phase now where we're not going to see these major product announcements or maybe platform announcements or software announcements or whatever it might be that would kind of cause everyone to take a step back and say, whoa, you know, wait a minute, you know, now what are we going to do differently? I, I think that that part of it has has slowed down, and and again, that that could be a little bit influenced by the fact that everything else was going on. But I, I kind of think this is the way we're going to be for a few years, that you're going to have these announcements and they're not necessarily going to feel like they're changing the world. Looking at my research on the channel, telling you that the days of everybody breathlessly looking for, oh, what is my vendor going to announce product-wise are over. They really are. A lot of these channel companies, and I mean a lot, are selling services. They're doing consulting. It, it really isn't about like the next best thing from a product perspective that a, the, that a vendor is going to offer. I mean, the days of, you know, Steve Jobs doing like this incredible Apple, you know, announcement about a name, your product. Okay. But those are kind of over in my estimation. They really are. And so speaking specifically for the channel, I, I, I think the way that they are operating today is much more focused on services and consulting. And it's not about that, you know, the giant, oh my God, what's the best thing to sell right now? What's the big new thing? So to your point, Seth, it's just 
I think it is a, a diminished or changing MO for the industry. Yeah, it's going to be interesting seeing how that plays out going forward. Cause I think we all built up kind of a thirst and a hunger, you know, for what's the next big thing. Um, and right. if it's not coming, you know, back to the, you know, adulting thing, got to roll up our sleeves and do some work now with the tools that we have. No, I agree with you though. I think, uh, I think things have changed and um, this particular year has uh probably more aggressively change things than ever. You know, everybody has to think about their lives. They have to think about their businesses. They have to think about generally how they walk in the world differently. And that's been a big deal. For sure. Well, I'm sure that there's several other things that we could touch on. You know, there were a lot of big hacks, but there's always big hacks. There's been some M&A activity I could probably geek out on the new Apple Silicon, but probably nobody really wants. Please that. don't do that, please. No. So <laughs> that'll be a spinoff podcast, you know. And we do that. Me and two followers get, yeah, talking we... about uh, processor design. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. You're a silicon guy, right? <laughs> but I think that covers it. Anything else that you think we're missing? We're probably missing a lot of things, but <laughs> I think we have uh, captured the big stuff. I think we're good. All right, my friend. Well, another year in the books then. I know. Another year. Uh, This being probably the weirdest, but um, hopefully come January, uh, we might have a a brighter outlook on the way the world's going to work. And uh, we'll always have new topics to talk about. So I'm excited. Yep. One way or another, we'll be back in January, uh, back on track with, with another year of Volley. So I'm looking forward to it. Me too. All right. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you soon.